Hello, welcome to the Age of Sigma Stat Centre. I'm one of your hosts, Rob, and I'm joined by the Owen Jackson in the chat. Hello, Owen. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. Another Monday morning um, and another slightly tired Owen after another weekend of Warhammer. And you had some Warhammer this weekend as well. So, yeah, I'm good. You I good? I did. I played Warhammer this weekend, uh, and it's too good, is all I'm going to say. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little minute. Uh, yes, yeah, so welcome to the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. So we'll be looking at the event results from Age of Sigmar events around the world. We have four two-day events to look at this weekend, uh, which is pretty exciting, with um, a couple of headlines. If you want some quick throwaway comments uh, or some like taglines, is uh, Slaves to Darkness are doing particularly well across the field, which I think is fairly interesting. Um, like a lot of major 4-1s, 5-0 bracket uh, of those. And then, um, uh, yeah, and Stormcast, uh, again, uh, starting to make waves with their new book, which I think is quite interesting. Um, Owen, you were at an event this weekend as well. Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling good? I am feeling tired, actually, yeah. My voice is a bit, ooh. But no, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling mixed. I am feeling good. I did well. But I've okay. got some thoughts uh, from the weekend as well, overall, just about the sort of list I was playing and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll cover that. But overall, I would say I'm a, an 8 out of 10 this Monday morning, Rob. Oh, good. Okay, good. All right, excellent. Uh, we're in front of a live studio audience. If you've watched this back on YouTube or listened to it as a podcast, you should join the Twitch chat because it's full of legends like Stu, who's just resubscribed, Nemesor Zandrek, Donald Dino, who's gorgeous, uh, Rule of Cruel, who I met at the weekend, who's fantastic, Knigget, Disco Maga, Lassama TV, a bunch of people, T-Man Nikos, and of course, uh, the Stat Center show brought to you by Ziggy, Wahama Rob, and the rest of the Stats team. Uh, those guys are legends. What's going on? Uh, right, so four events this weekend. Uh, let's should we start at the top, Owen, and work our way down. Uh, so yes. uh, the Wargamer for Warriors. Wargamer for Warriors, which is held in Ogden, Utah. I had to go and research what UT means, by the way. Uh, so I'll put a link to the pairings in the chat. And if you are watching this back, you guys will 100% be able to go and watch this back uh, thanks Malk for resubscribing Carkfish all of you what's going on um, uh, yeah big congratulations because you did well at the weekend Owen. we'll talk about that in a minute uh, now Owen you are going to absolutely love love the uh, the first place list or well, I don't know if you will uh, but specifically all of the ogre lads in the world are going to love the first place list from Wargame of Warriors the link uh, will be in the show notes for you guys it was Aaron Daly Aaron Daly and let me read out the list because it's ogre more tribes Owen what sub faction talk to me what sub faction do you think it was well I can I'm looking at it now but I would have always gone probably at this stage bold ahead and then Blood gullet, probably, but certainly not. What is he taken? Uh, no, undergargon. So no, underguts he's taken. Uh, and then it gets more insane from there. His tyrant is the general. You rarely see a tyrant, if ever. Uh, then he's got the butcher and a frostall and stonehorn. Okay, I'm a little bit more comfortable with a with a metal cruncher, frostall and stonehorn. I know where I'm at. Four iron guts. Okay, iron guts. They generally tend to do okay. I'm okay with iron guts. Not like we've seen them do a bit. Six ogre gluttons. Uh oh, you're taking me to a place I've not been. This is this is. We're going don't, forget down, this, boys. don't forget this is the five o list. This is the only five o list from this event. Right then, four lead belchers, and at this point, there are ogre players jumping 
like out of that like i don't know what they're doing they're jumping off buildings they're like they're rowing out to sea they're like i'm done with this i'm sick of this some of them are flying into space another four lead belchers but i'm not fucking finished three iron blasters that's right count them if you've got nothing to do one two three iron blasters right uh, riots in the dab streets that's right oh my god i own that list i want to try it uh, I love that list, says Donald Didio. Uh, listen, this is phenomenal because this goes against almost every Ogre Moor tribes list that we've seen do well in Age of Sigmar 3 or we've seen do well anytime. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. One shot on those Iron Blasters, Owen. One shot, unless you're in Underguts, in which case you get two shots. Still only hitting on fours. What do you think about this? Um... I mean, weren't there battalions in the past in AOS 2 which helped out the... Um, there was, but they're not The, the blasters. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't help you out. I remember we played a game on TTS, didn't Terrible. we? And you were thoroughly underwhelmed. So, <laughs> um, I mean, he's got a Metal Quencher Stonehorn, so he's going to be able to go out and get those monster tactics in the mid to late game. Um, maybe Unleash Hell has brought some more to the Underguts. You know, uh -huh. being able to shoot. But they only hit on fours anyway, right? Is that right? They do hit on fours, so it'd be fives yeah. on the Overwatch. Uh, so on the standard shoot. Uh, look at Tank in the chat. He does get mortals on the charge, but I still have no fucking clue other than he got lucky. But that maybe maybe doing a disservice to our man there, uh, trying his hardest. So. Yeah. Um, should we see what the stats say? Yes, let's see what the stats say. Let's see what the stats say. Just uh, to keep YouTube uh, thugs happy. Let's keep the YouTube thugs unhappy. Uh, Thunderbellies. <laughs> so fifty percent win rate on Ogre Moor tribes. Thunderbelly's doing the best. Oh, no, that's statistically not enough information. So we'll go for a two that we play a lot. Blood, Blood Gullet are the second most played uh, mm -hmm. with 55 games played at a 53% win rate. Bold Ahead, comfortably the most played, 240 games played, 51% win rate. Okay, so, but then we go to Underguts, baby. Uh, only five matches played, but 20% win rate, which is now dramatically increased we haven't included this event result at the moment but dramatically increased uh and is genuinely hilarious right um yeah so i mean i'm trying to think what so the lead belchers get some extra sh they get some extra range on their shots don't they that's no right, that's yeah. lead belcher the lead belchers get some extra range yeah on the lead shots, belchers yeah. do yeah um there's a command ability to fire extra shots from the uh, uh iron blasters yeah, and I mean, the tyrants often used to, like, beat, like, a big unit of gluttons to make them, or a big unit of iron guts to make them, you know, battle shock immune. But that's not really a thing, is it? Because it's no, all relative MSU. Yeah. Um, he's got some nice moving parts, and he doesn't have to go out and commit. He can just rain down some shots and hope to roll well, all out attack on one of the iron blasters. Yeah, and I think he can commit, like, trade with, like, the, maybe trade with the gluttons in the center. The Iron Guts can counter charge. Like, he's not overwhelmingly committed other than the Frost Lord on Stonehorn. Um, uh, so, like, uh, it, like it's, it's interesting, is what I'm going to say. But he must have played out of his whole damn skin, is what I'm going to say. Uh, and <laughs> congratulations to Aaron Daly, because you're doing something that no one else can do. So, uh, like, it's a bit of a headline is what I'm going to say. Like, that's why I started off with it, because you're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. Now, this is in America, yeah? So there's been a lot of conversation about the American meta recently. Um, but overall, genuinely, I think it's a pretty good result.
and he should be pretty yeah man props to him because yeah. and also it looks like a nice balanced ogre army right got some guns got some fat lads got the one because when you see ogre more tribes these days they're not really a lot of ogres it's 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 the old beast claw raiders a lot isn't it uh-huh. three stone horns some mournfang or some cats so you don't really see these sort of meaty meaty fleshy boys too much so um yeah good for him good. i don't know the army that well so i don't I can't, i'm super tired but yes yes also, does anyone know what the noblar blast keg does i reckon that's some more mortal wounds or something isn't it it sounds like um the, what on the tyrant or on the who's it Across on? on stonehorn i'm sure that pask in the chat can tell us what um what what it does noblar blast keg Noblar Blast Keg, no problem. I got you, Owen. It's once for battle at the start of your shooting phase, you can use the Noblar Blast Keg. And if you do so, you pick one enemy unit within nine inches of the bearer and that's visible to them, and you roll six dice. Add one to each roll for every ten models in the target unit. For each six plus, the enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Once per battle. Six dice. Any sixes, D3 mortal wounds. I'd probably take rune tokens, personally, but hey, man. But it's the, it's the Undercuts right? artifact. I think you have to take it. Ah, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> That's why you don't ever see it then in that case. There's loads of people just listening to the stat show being like, I don't really get good players and I don't want to try. I'm just going to walk away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he beat Kairos Inch, Osiarch Arkan, Daughters with Gotrek, and Marathi, Seraphon, and Marathi in the bow stakes. Thanks, it's Thundergore. That was his path to victory. Okay? Not an easy one. Kairos Inch. Osiak Arkan, Daughters with Gotrek, Seraphon, and Marathi in the Bow Snakes. That is not not good. Yeah. I mean, is okay. He's just a bit tired. He played Warhammer at the weekend, Kanigi. I haven't just woke up. I've been to a meeting at a very important client, and I've rushed back, and now I'm here. But I do need some sleep. Don't give me your bunny ears, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I think that, you know, and if you don't take a super busted list, you do have to play really well to win a tournament or go 5-0, and uh, you know, a tournament. So... Props to um, Aaron. He must have played really well. I think that's that's the headline there, really. He's got a nice mixed list. Yeah. Um, Honestly, this yeah. is my takeaway. This is my takeaway. I love this. Uh, like, Underguts, finally vindicated. Two and a half years later, Owen, vindicated I was. I've, I've sat on this. I'll be like a proper <sighs> content creator and be like, oh, I told you so. They were one. They must have been designed for AOS 3, right, Rob? <laughs> that's it. That's it. The Underguts were designed for AOS 3. Just none of you saw it. Exactly. Right. Uh, so this is a Wargamer for Warriors in Utah. In the, that was, he was the only person to go 5-0. In the 4-1 bracket, you had Gabriel Rivera with his daughters of Cain. He had Keltnar. He had Marathi and the Bow Snakes. There were some other little bits as well. But it essentially is the, the archetype with accoutrements. Um, it's just like, who's the support band for Marathi and the Bow Snakes? He had AJ Mumford, the best Mumford to play Warhammer. Uh, running Ideneth Deepkin Dom Hain. He had uh, the Achillean King. He had uh, the Aspect of the Storm. Bit of a classic at this point. The Aspect of the Storm is the combat one. You have the combat and the wizard version. And at the minute, we're seeing a lot of Ideneth Deepkin players running the Storm with the Arcane Tome, then taking Flaming Weapons. Really beefing up the power of that uh, that mm. combat character. Because he's also a support piece as well now, with that plus one to wound uh, in a bubble around him. So you're getting this really nice kind of like, in, like you're increasing the damage, you're making him a wizard it's just 
Arcane Tome's fantastic. Um, uh, with flaming weapons and three times three defensive heals, and then 20 Reavers. This isn't the first time I've started to see Reavers uh, put on the uh, tabletop like at events, going in that 4-1 bracket. More mm. and more, I remember us doing the faction reaction with Chris Welfare, and he's like, look, Reavers are really, really, really good now. Um, mm. And uh, I think we might see more of them, and a Leviadon. So uh, that's that's his list. Uh, do you think? How do you think about? Do you worry much about Ineth anymore? Or in in the meta, do you think about it much, or it's not really up there? Historically, when we say historically, like from the last six months of Age of Sigmar three, there was a feeling that they they weren't going to compete because lots of mortal wounds. They don't count as five on objectives, um, but it's still a game of movement. And I've I've watched back um, on Patreon actually. People want to watch it on Patreon. T Sports Network. Dan Arnold. Pushing around his um, his Ideneth with with Gotrek, and still the speed and the output is still really impressive. Um, so they can play the objectives well and they trade well. Um, I think it's not an auto anymore. It's another one of those. I think I think you have to play it. Um, and I think at, at London Open this weekend there was a double Leviathan list doing quite well. I think yes. they went three wins, three and a half wins. Um, yeah, I still really like it. You can still keep stuff off the board. Um, if you want to protect against, you know, Sentinels hosing off all your good stuff early. So I still think they've got game. Definitely. And we're seeing lots of 4-1s, right? We're seeing lots of 4-1s we're, we're, we're seeing more 4-1s than we saw at the start. I think, I think obviously, like, uh, I know Deepkin had that real solid four years or whatever it was, three years, where they could just stack that commandability for the pluses to attack. That was really, really important. Now they can't do that, so people are having to revisit the army. But what's nice is people have discovered that in their model collection and in their book is an actual army where you trade units, you don't just wait until the third turn, you've got a monster, you <laughs> could do things. Like, and they're like, oh, maybe I'll just play Warhammer instead of whatever the hell I was doing beforehand. And that's yeah. nice. They finally joined the rest of the Warhammer community playing. Well, not all of it. Definitely not all of it. Not the, not all of it, Owen. But most of us, they've joined us. And they've been like, yes, let's go. I think there are some rumblings around shark lists as well, you know. We've seen those last year. And I think that there are rumblings in some chats um, about, about multi-shark lists. Um, lots of shooting and and the Leviadon slaps so hard and I think that that commandability to make him fight at top bracket is big much like it's big for Sylvaneth with Durthu I think a Leviadon at top bracket they're hard to kill they slap super hard and even if you're not pumping them up with whatever it's called feral roar or something they bracket nicely um yeah yeah I like I, I like the army a lot well, actually, we'll put, we'll put a pin. We'll put a pin in the shark conversation because actually, it come when we start talking about the uh, one of the five O lists uh, later on. There's actually a really good conversation. I think Leviadon also is is in there as well. When we're talking about dual utility lists, there's few. The arch like I suppose a good uh, thanks AJ Mumford for giving us such a good conversation point. Having the arcane tome on your fighty uh, aspect of the storm, your Eidolon uh, of the Eidolon of Mathlan aspect of the mm -hmm. storm, full name awful um uh making him a wizard means you don't need the wizard so s s screw that off uh, very much like you see uh your more crushes becoming wizards like you're like oh don't you want the amulet destiny it's like well actually i saved myself 100 next points making my wizard be here instead um so you're going to see that a lot i think that kind of dual utility uh and then in addition when we're talking about leviadon leviadon shoots and fights the sharks shoot and fight and finally, when we get to them, the Dracoths shoot and fight. And I think, actually, some of those units aren't really pointed for both. 
Like if you, you know, uh, if you had two shots that did uh, two shots at 24 inches um, uh, total effective range, 22 inches, sorry, effective range um, on, on a four up, they do D3 mortal wounds. You'd be like, mm, that's, that's pretty nice. I wonder what mm-hmm. I'd, I don't know what I'd pay for that. Like Twitch chat, anyone watching on YouTube, ask, answer yourself that question. Two shots on a four up at 22 inches. Like, what would you pay for that as a shooting unit? Same with the shooting on top of a shark or from a Leviathan. What would you pay for that as a shooting unit? And then really it seems to be baked in free into combat units, basically mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Um, but we'll talk about that later, I guess. Oh, whatever. I don't know. What do you think, Owen? Because you don't really have any shooting in your armies. You have you have combat and magic definitely built. Yeah. Um. I've played around and, and like I always liked Endrin Riggers. I must say, like that's a really good unit that shoots and fights and is fast. But you'd often pay a premium for effectively like six wounds on a four-up save. I think you get more out of sharks um, now, and they're faster. They don't bracket. So I mean, like we've we've talked about those a pair of sharks, sixteen. Sorry, yeah, sixteen wounds on a four-up save don't bracket. I believe they get six shots each. That'd be 12 shots and then six attacks at Ren two, two damage or, or, or eight attacks if they're going into a wounded unit. Like, yeah, those, those multi-purpose um, units that are super fast, um, yeah, they're, they're covering two roles. And yeah, you're right. Again, putting a hero that you definitely want to take. Like, again, a war chant. I've seen war chanter with Arcane Tome quite a bit. So they're giving out Violent Fury and then they're also got the hand of Gork for the spell, and then you're saving those points. You can get some extra pigs or something. Um, yeah, efficiency, baby. Efficiency is key. very effective. Very effective. Yeah. Um, uh, Russ Tanner. Uh, so this is again still uh, Wargamer for Warriors in Utah. Russ Tanner with his Beast Corps Raiders. Yeah, Blood Gullet. Far more traditional. Um, well, far more traditional. Not really sure. He went four-one. Uh, he had uh, his husk guard on Thunder Tusk. Importantly, was the general, which unlocked his four times three yetis as battle line. That's right. Oh yeah, yetis. He went four one with this list, which is pretty exciting. Then two frost lords backing it up, and then a butcher and a slaughtermaster in addition as well. Uh, that's a nice list, honestly. I mean, like really fun, quite different to stuff mm-hmm. that we see. There's retreat and charge, uh, ice fall yetis, and also um, uh, the piling six inches. That's so fun, right? Oh yeah, and we, yeah. It's kind of like a uh, to give him his props. It's a sort of Stuart. It's an it's an Iron Gutsman style list, mm-hmm. isn't it? With the with the I think there's a command ability that comes off the Huskards to let them all strike first, and he's got some nice. I I, I people underestimate the ice shot from the Huskards if they if they have it. If that's the right. If I'm saying that correctly, I'm sure I get pulled up if not. Um, uh, so yeah, no, that mortal wound shot that you get. You know, twelve dice, mortal wounds on fours, and you know that 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 will plow through some screens. Um, yeah, it's a cool list. Again, yes. Iron Gutsman played it a lot on TTS, like a yeah. lot on TTS, and we covered it. We did coverage of these lists like last year, um, so you guys will uh, have seen this played quite a bit, like uh, here. Uh, so that was uh, that was the War Game of Warriors AOS, like just giving us some interesting talking points. Uh, ultimately. Um, and I gotta say, congratulations to Aaron Daly. Now, the event you were at, Owen, the London Open, that's next yes. up. Do you want to talk to us about it? Give us a bit of a review. <sighs> yes, I will. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know what it's like after a weekend of Warhammer. You're a little bit bleary, so um, I'll kind of try and be as succinct as possible. But yeah, okay. it was the second one at the same venue, so it was in like Camberwell in South London, mm-hmm. um, in the sports hall, top floor, right? In a, it was in a sports hall. Yes. 
There was lots of space. There was a 40k second event. Floor. Say what? Is it the second floor? No, it was the ground floor. What was it? I thought you went up some stairs. Okay, never mind. And it was we were in like the the sports hall, so you had 40k on one side and AOS on the other, uh, run by um, a friend of the show. Well, well, contributor to the show, um, Mr. Charlie Colonel Cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, great TO, really well organised, really good communication. So, if people want to go to any of these um, London events or the other events that he's TOing, I would recommend it. He he runs a tight ship. Um, it was run off BCP, which I'm not normally a fan of, but it was actually really nice to run it through BCP. My, 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 um, my view is changing on that, Rob. Um, but yeah, 38 players, um, there was room for more, um, but it was great. There was like mixture of little clubs that came in from the surrounding areas. Um, I think obviously with the big Warhammer world tournament happening on the same day and war in the heartlands next weekend. Oh, it's the um, same numbers. Like a London yeah. Open and Warhammer World event, like it's not any bigger. They were the same numbers, so. Oh okay. Yeah. Like um. Forty forty, right? Oh really? I didn't realize. I thought Warhammer World one was was bigger than that. That's forty. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, I think with over a hundred people going next weekend, then maybe that took a dent out of the players because you can only go to so many tournaments unless you're a recently single addict like me who can go to every single tournament they want to go to. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so yeah it was great um as i say there were clubs from like norwich and got chatting to lots of people and there was some people that you would see at a lot of tournaments you know um matthew goldsborough was there um benjamin um simon froley obeyed um yeah so there were some 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 players you'd expect to see and then yeah like a real mix um so anyway that's kind of the overall the toilets were good there was water filters um, and there was a Greg's around the corner, so tick, 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 tick. All of the, <laughs> all right. of the ticks. Excellent. You, you did quite well. You went. Congratulations to you. You went four-one uh, with your I list. Did. Do you want to talk to us about OBR? Um, yeah, uh, it's absolute filth. My list now, my new list. Um, I should give props to Leo, who you had on recently. It was, it was his idea back in AOS two to run Nagash and Arkan together and have. 11 arcane bolts um and i yeah it's 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 truly i know that i'm quite fun to play against rob but i do think i gave a couple of my opponents a bad game because it's proper oppressive why what element of what element of it is oppressive um uh so basically you the whole army reduces ren by one anyway petrifex happy days Love that. Um, you can have eight arcane bolts from Nagash and three arcane bolts from um, Arcan. So you've got eleven D three mob wounds. Yeah, those D threes can be when you if you mob something and just burst damage it off. Great, but you can use Arcan's command ability, which is the source. Add six inch range to them when they're cast, so you have you can have eleven individual arcane bolts at eighteen inch range. Nice. So you can just sniper off stuff really easily. At eighteen so, inches, that's phenomenal. Um, and then you've got access, re- relatively easy access to 33-inch range Hand of Dust, or with some jank, you can get it up to like almost 50 inches. Um, so, and then everything doesn't die. Between the two characters, you heal six wounds flat back to everything. So if you don't kill a unit of 10 skeletons, then six of them stand straight back up again. So, yeah, 
I had a great time, but as the tournament went on, I realized, and people were coming up to me going, oh, how did you do? Oh, God, I don't want to play you. I don't want to play you. And then a couple of my opponents, yeah, it was. It felt a bit bad. So I had that thing going through, you know, that meme from Peep Show where David Mitchell's in like full Nazi regalia looking and going, are we the baddies? And I kind of ended up feeling like the baddie. And I don't like being the baddie. Um, so I might play it a little bit more and then I might put it on the shelf. Because it's... Oh, really? Why? Well, I was convincing myself that by playing OBR and not having access to all this new stuff and having to constantly mitigate the opportunity for my opponent to redeploy and things, I thought that I was playing on slightly hard mode. Mm. But the power of that build is... I mean, it's only Nagash, Arcan, 40 Mortec, 10 Mortec, 10 Mortec, Portal and Burning Head. So it's a very small army. It's 42 models. Um, but yeah, it's... It's pretty gross. Like, I hand-dusted off my opponent's general Maw Crusher turn one in one game. And it's a bit like that's game already. Um, yeah. So it's... I don't know. Maybe it's just me as a person. I don't like being the person that just stomps. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I, I have been enjoying playing OBR, but I'm, like, almost 100 games now. And, like... 13 tournaments so maybe it's time for a new challenge Ooh, but yes okay do we get to know what owen might play next or is that like a secret at the moment uh no i think i'm gonna play soul blight so not a huge step away but i'm gonna go from elite to i want to play a narrative zombie army i want to put like 120 or more zombies on the table because i love 70s horror films so <laughs> i want to do like a George A. Romero inspired or Hammer Horror inspired zombie army. So that's the. But... Okay, I'm excited by that. I love a bit of Hammer Horror. Like, I yeah, do. Man. I do. I think it's fun. I'll just put a link in the chat for, and there will be a link in the show notes for this particular event. 38 players at the London Open, again, organized by the fantastic Colonel Cabbage, Charlie. Yes. Um, uh, like, he's working really hard, like, very professional. Lots of work done that you don't see. Uh, FAQ packed to lots of different questions. For instance, did you know that currently, uh, I probably shouldn't bring it up because it will make him very upset, The there's a current FAQ in Age of Sigmar 3 that says um, that unless it specifically says, you can apply the same ability multiple times to the same unit. Unless the ability specifically says you can't. Um, I'll go get a reference point for you later. But that is a horrifically bad FAQ, uh, mm. which we should just flatly ignore. Uh, but anyway, that's something that's super fun. Uh, so lots of work being done there, and he should be uh, great. But no one at the event went 5-0. In fact, no. we got our classic four wins, one draw, no wins. So 4.5 um, uh, bracket, no 5-0 bracket today. Uh, and that was Matt Goldsborough from the Bad Moon Loons and also Obeyed Bin Nasir. Uh, and you'll recognize these names because they keep popping up around events around the world, wherever it might be. Well, not around the world, around like London to Nottingham. Uh, but like <laughs> they keep popping up. Uh, both of them do really, really well. Now, Matt's list, let me just go find it for you guys and put it on the stream. Uh, you guys can check it out there. So Matt's list, um, he's running Stormcast Eternal. So they were allowing Stormcast Eternals, but no dragons were allowed because we don't know the base sizes, I think, was the FAQ, basically. Uh, also, I'm pretty certain you weren't allowed to move after Translocate, or you were? Do you remember? You were. I mean, 
you were. were. <laughs> Fuck. All right. In which case, never mind. I saw it. I saw the aftermath of that, and uh, it's pretty good. But my Nagash moves after we teleport, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite. So it's perfectly fine and balanced, and doesn't okay. need in any way looking at. Okay, so it does. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment then. So you've got Aventis Firestrike, Magister of Hammer Hall, with Celestial Blades. Now, Celestial Blades is plus one to wound as a spell. Mm-hmm. Then he's got Knight Judicator with the Griffhounds, which obviously uh, is that long range shooter, uh, able to start picking out all those characters. Then uh, the source, maybe, is the Lord Relictor with the General. I'm not just, by the way, glancing over Aventis. I'll come back to him, maybe. Uh, but Lord Relictor is the General. He's got the Command Trait, the High Priest, uh, which means he gets to re-roll his prayer. And because he's a Lord Relictor, he gets to add plus one to his prayer. So his prayer, which is translocation, which is pick up a unit uh, wholly within, I can't remember, it might be 12, it might be 18. I think it might be. I think because he's a Lord, it might be 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pick it up. Drop it down. So it's a two-up re-rollable prayer. There's corn players right now ripping up their battle tome and throwing it, like just burning it. Just stop it. I mean, they were doing that before they heard the news. Uh, but like, <laughs> they're just like looking at their throne going, you give me a re-rollable four-up. Damn you, the altar. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, age of efficiency, eh? What's, what's not, there's not much that's better than a two-up re-rollable. No, um, uh, yeah, like the, nothing better than that at all. Two up rerollable and translocation. And as I just discussed, that means you could pick up a unit, drop it like a classic deep strike outside of nine inches. But the current ruling or Charlie's ruling, which I don't agree that um, uh, Stormcast should be played until there's an FAQ, uh, nor the Cruel Boys. I don't think you should. There should be no FAQ, no play. Unless you were at a tiny event. Like it was my birthday this weekend. So I was just like, whatever, lads. Loads of people messaged me. I was like, fucking who cares? Come on, off you go. If it's something mm-hmm. dumb, I'll FAQ it. Uh, there was 10 of us. So it was super chill. Uh, but I think at a larger event. But that's okay. We've talked about this already. Uh, and we've said no FAQ, no play. Um, but it was in fact. And so that means those two unit of Dracothian Guard Forminators, which are battle line, by the way, in Hammers of Sigma. Um, they became battle line, which means he could pick up one of them, drop them um, in the hero phase, then move them, and they move 10 inches, uh, and then uh, fight with them. And there, I saw four of them take out six Gorgrunters this weekend without even rolling the Dracoth attacks. This is just the guys on top. Yeah. Unbelievable amount of output. Like, un- yes, from four. Five attacks each for the guy on top. Ren two, three damage, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that maybe the conversation around the impo- impending dragons swooping in has taken a little bit of heat off the Fulminators because the Fulminators, I think Chris Myhill was running them at Bobo last week as well, yep. doing really well with them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was the play that I saw Matthew do a couple of times at the weekend was translocate the the four Fulminators. They've got quite a big sort of frontage, so you can move them and then... You know, you're often doing it turn one, so your opponent can't redeploy away because he's pinned in by his own stuff. Yeah. So um, I did see him very good for punishing mistakes. I saw against the Legion of the First Prince, um, Kieran. Kieran lost a lot of his heroes turn one. He lost Kairos, the Demon Prince, and the Scribes, I think, turn one from just Fulminators going in really deep. 
Um, well, so I think I think uh, I think uh, um, uh, a lot of people are going to ask exactly how because there's more to this list as well. There's also six <laughs> Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows, and then there's another three Vanguard uh, Raptors with long strike crossbows, and it's all in a battle regiment, so it's a one drop. Uh, so he's got that, but it's only seventy six wounds. It's super light. Yeah, oh. there's super light on wounds, so it is all about that raw output. And he's got the Holy Command, so this is a once per battle command ability called Thunderbolt Volley, meaning he can shoot in the hero phase his unit of vanguard raptors and that unit of six vanguard raptors is 480 points so we're going to look at the formulators and talk about that for a bit but like well i mean you're gonna say oh formulators but actually he's basically uh, shooting those uh, vanguard raptors twice at turn one which is going to add to uh, the the output that the formulators are going to do later on right owen yeah, and he was telling me quite confidently in the breaks that he's rolled it out many times and he feels he can one-shot Archeon turn one, one-shot Nagash turn one. With the with uh, the, uh, with the the Vanguard Raptors? Yeah, because six fire in the hero phase and then... Nine and then fire. The, um, and then, and then, they, then another nine fire in the shooting phase. Um, yeah, it's... It's, a, it, it's mad. Him, it's the same as... Very similar to Tom Morsley's list... Um, at the weekend you look at it on the table and there is nothing there mm-hmm. you know there's griff hounds dotted on objectives and then there's there's a fire base generally central or somewhere to to be able to shoot off so you've got those nine raptors um and then and then the 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 fulminators are the bully unit that punches in but often when you see it at deployment because he's playing scion so stuff's off the board um you know he can Against in the Bellacore matchup, he can keep stuff off the board so it doesn't get Bellacored. But like you look at deployment, it's like, where's your army, bro? It's like mm-hmm. Fulminators tucked in the back corner so they can't get shot off by Sentinels, and then whoosh, they're translocated across the board. They move and bang, they're into something. And then the shooting can drop down if he's not shooting in the hero phase of the first turn. Um, and then Aventus is a monster, I believe, so it can bop around and do tactics and stuff. Yeah, Aventus is a monster. Just talking about the Vanguard Raptors long track crossbows, just so everyone gets some sort of idea. They're only two wounds each. So he's paying five, nearly 500 points for 12 wounds of dudes. <laughs> it's nothing. Uh, but they're 30-inch bows. They're 30-inch bows are two shots each. Hit on threes, wound on twos, rend two, damage two. That rend two is kind of the new rend one, right? Like, that's kind of what you need initially to get through stuff before you do anything. And not forgetting you've, you're a... You're a you're a uh, one drop, so probably like that's the really interesting thing about the range as well, right? Like if you decide I'm going to do okay, he's got the turn, he's going to go first. I'm going to finest hour in my hero phase, my Kairos or uh, my Lord Change or my More Crusher, let's say. I'm going to mm. finest hour, which has me plus one save, and then in addition, I'm going to do all that defense that first turn, try and keep him. He can just pivot turn one and be like, cool, I'll shoot everything else or i'll shoot something else i don't mm-hmm. i'll shoot your war chanters to death i'll um you know i'll shoot your blue scribes or whatever i can 30 inches is pretty phenomenal range especially mm-hmm. when you can just drop them from the heavens uh, and then if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by long track crossbows a six it suffers two mortal wounds in attack sequence ends so uh he's doing what's he doing he's doing 12 shots in the hero phase then 12 shots in the shooting phase so it's 24 shots and he's doing an additional six shots uh, out of the other unit. So he spent nearly 750 points on those Raptors, which is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. And he did really well with them over the weekend. Yeah. Um, another nice bit of tech, actually, that you can see with Aventus is whenever Aventus moves, everything within three inches after it finishes the move gets plus one to hit. And then with Celestial Blades being plus one to wound, you'd imagine he would, it's, it's fast enough so he can translocate the um, 
Fulminators up. Aventus moves up behind after casting Celestial Blades. Mm-hmm. And then they're on twos and twos for everything, which, you know, Fulminators on twos and twos is, is mad. Yeah, that's um, the thing I was going to mention. Yeah, so Aventus, uh, when he lands near a unit, uh, basically gives out an aura of plus one to hit as well. Yeah. Till the next hero phase. It's not even for the next phase. It's till the next hero phase as well. <laughs> 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 it's really good. And Matt uh, has been piloting a bunch of uh, different armies. In fact, this is a lot less techy than his Luminous Realm Lords army. There is mm-hmm. some tech in there. Uh, Aventus, the Judicator, the Relictor and all that. But it's pretty, like, it'll do what it says. Uh, but what's incredible is it, it does that very, very well, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 So congratulations to him. Uh, also in that four four wins, one draw bracket was uh, was obeyed uh, with his Teclis. It was in Sire. It was Luminous Realm Lords Teclis. He had Sentinels. He had Wardens. Um, I'd say it's a classic, but Obey's just putting the reps in at the moment, just getting his getting his level up. And he's doing really, really well every event he goes to, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, again, no, nobody really wanted to play that over the weekend. It's, it's two bricks of 20 Sentinels. So even yep. if you've got a way of debuffing one, like 40 Sentinels, and then it's in Sire. So, you know, if you've got a big combat monster that wants to go in, um, then it's going to get goading arrogance. Um, you know, it's... I, that was in my notes. It just says practice, practice, practice. I didn't do many notes for the show, but basically I play a fair amount. Matt and Obeyed play a lot. So the people putting in the reps are, um, are, are getting the gains. And obviously you have to take really good lists as well. Um, but yeah definitely obeyed somebody that's been leveling up um whilst it was a team tournament i know that he went five and oh at blood tide i don't actually think he's lost with that list yet in practice or at tournaments yes not not taken a loss oh Um, he took he took a draw uh at this event yes yeah congratulations yeah uh yeah he's doing really really well and i'd like to see him at some uh some uh majors but this is a majors for it's it's kind of weird, right? It was a Shark Tank full of like quality players, so I got no problem with Obeyed going four. I I could like Obeyed can do four wins and one draw in that environment, or he could go to like a hundred and sixty play a player event and beat like three like uh, kids on their first day out. Like yeah. you know, like what's the difference? It's a fantastic result, and he should be really happy. Uh, in the four one bracket is the man himself, Owen Jackson. Uh, Circon, yeah, the Orcs are showing up uh, anyway, uh, but that was last week. Sorry, bud. Um, the Owen Jackson with his OBR Petrifex. What was your one loss? What did you lose to? I lost to Kieran with the Legion of the First Prince. Kieran which... Alander? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. He's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. He knows that list really well. Um, I kind of thought I had him after two turns. We played Table 1, Game 3, this was. Um, so I handed dust off his Demon Prince turn 2. And, you know, had I was shutting down all of his stuff, but the pinks and the way that he plays, like, there's a cute trick in that list, Rob, where he allocates wounds off Bellacore, and he's got loads of pink units all around, and he's able to chip, allocate the wounds off to then increase the numbers on all different objectives around Bellacore. So he's like nicks objectives off people by allocating wounds off and then splitting the pinks. So it was, it was really cute. Um, he played it really well. I could have done with maybe a late prior, but yeah, he's been another player putting in a lot of reps. You're right, Rob. He lost on table one at the recent carnage, I believe. So I went four one there. Um, and yeah, he admittedly made a bit of a mistake against Matt on table one. That was game four, but yeah, he's showing up everywhere and, and putting in the reps and, um, yeah, very close to that five and oh himself. So, um, yeah, he's going to be at Heartlands. So one to watch. Um, yeah, it's a great I, list. 
I think so. Yeah, War in the Heartlands, uh, Kieran, hopefully. And actually, not the last time we're going to talk about Legion of the First Prince today. And then Rory Carter with his Iron Jaws. Now, he had the Choppers. He had a Moor Crusher. He had three War Chanters, uh, two lots of Ten Brutes, and then six by five Ard Boys. Now, the uh, Choppers allows your War Chanters to buff uh, or your units, uh, three of your units from each war chanter with, uh, it's not called Insane Fury, it's called Something Fury, uh, whatever it's called. But it basically means, yeah. Violent Fury. Violent Fury, yeah. Uh, but that effectively means, um, uh, like, he's, his whole army is damaged too, like, which yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. And also, he's got, like, that four plus rally available on those six by five MSU um, Ard Boys, which I think is quite fun. I think that's honestly a really fun little list. It's nice seeing those like that on the board. I actually played uh, played a little one day here at the weekend, Owen, at the TSN Arena. Um, mm-hmm. Really fun. Um, and I played the first game as a spare player with an Iron Jaws list uh, that we actually from um, from Leo's uh, list show. And oh, yeah. I had to I had to stop playing after game one. Uh, because it was too much raw power. I didn't know what to do with it. I'm just used to playing with chaff and chaos dwarves and pink horrors and just rubbish. Yeah, mm. I was like, holy hell, this is ridiculous. The amount of output coming out of the pigs and the moor crusher was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, mm. So yeah, really, really good. And then had uh, intro, intern Matt play the rest of the two games. and Even he did okay. He got five points out of a game once. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, really proud of him. Nah, um, yeah, like they the one thing I took away, because I played Iron Jaws and I played Big War this weekend, um, Brutes are good, man. That ability to shut down, like, uh, four, what was it, five Brutes shut down um, a, a unit of 20 Mortec from scoring because they were obviously in combat with them. So that ability is crazy strong. Um, and I think um, I, I had a little think about the overall meta, and there's a lot of Iron Jaws at the tournament. No Sons of Behemoth, actually. There were a couple of mercenary gargants, but yeah, IJ, Bigwar, a couple of Gits players. I think it's really nice to see all that destruction on the table. And you're right, it's strong, right? Really strong. Very strong. I expect to see Iron Jaws in the next, in the coming months, I expect to see Iron Jaws in the 4-1 bracket very comfortably and then Mm -hmm. taking out some events. So I think it's very, very strong. I don't expect that at the Bone Splitters part of the book um, and the Cruel Boys part of the book, I think, might struggle to get into that 4-1 bracket, uh, but they're in the lower end of that. Um, and then you'll see some you'll see some exceptional players or some good runs uh, take us to a five zero. So I expect to see that in in the future, uh, depending on other books, obviously. Uh, so that was London Open. Uh, then we had the Crucible Nine AOS event in Washington, twenty six players, uh, and then uh, in the five zero bracket we only had one player, and that was Cody Saltz. Uh, so let me just go get Cody's list. I think I put it up somewhere. Please, did I do it? No, I didn't. Damn. Damn, I thought I had. Sorry. Um, uh, but, oh, damn it. I'll go get the list now for you, Owen. But the important point is uh, that it was a Soulblight Gravelords list because I know you're really excited about talking about Soulblight Gravelords. Uh, but it had an allied Gargant in, just like you were talking about a moment ago. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there you go for everyone on the screen. Uh, so he had Belladama uh, in the list. He had Big Drog Fort Kicker and Necromancer. Uh, and then he has a Vampire Lord on foot. Uh, and then he had 40 Deadwalker zombies, another 40 Deadwalker zombies, and then 30 direwolves, and then 10 uh, direwolves as well. Um, and this was all Vrycross Dynasty. So um, a pretty good list because he's got a lot of ability to control the midboard early uh, with mm. those zombies doing some pretty nice work um, and being able to hold the primaries. And then Big Drog Fort Kicker coming in and just kicking face, basically. 
Yeah, I mean, it, we know now at this stage that for, for raw output, the gatebreaker is the, the premium pick from the war toddlers, isn't he? So um, I think uh, that's what that's what we won at the weekend. Uh, Dave Carter, really nice guy. He ended up with best sports and the best Nighthorn. I think he was the only Nighthorn player, but he took in uh, a big drag and 60 chain rasp. And th- I'd imagine it plays similarly to this then. You're right. 30 direwolves is a special pick. Um I'd love to have seen the coherency on that unit, but um, uh, yeah, that's that's some screen, eh? And then you've got a load of like you know zombies sat behind waiting to, to pounce in. Um, imagine that as well, sat behind the screen, and they charge the screen, and then they all just six inch pile in. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like very this. cool, I'd right? Like, snap. and did this go five zero? Yeah, this is the only five zero at the event. Wow, so yeah, really good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we're really seeing Big Drog. Uh, we saw, obviously, Bill Susan do it like a while ago with the, with these flesh eater courts to go 5 at one of the uh, American events. Um, mm-hmm. And then now I've seen it pop up. We saw one in Sweden a couple of weeks ago or maybe even last week. Uh, we saw the same thing happen. So this is something we're seeing consistently now. Big Drog Fort Kicker stuck into um, some of these armies. Not that Soblight Grave Lords haven't been doing well anyway, but it just provides maybe a different unit role that we maybe some of these armies need. Um, and it's quite exciting, actually, to see it. Yeah, big time. I mean, I don't... Soulblight aren't one of the death factions or one of the factions that struggle for decent monsters, whereas, you know, Nighthaunt really do, outside of the Ghoul, They haven't got any monsters. Um, but I think being able to just push something into your opponent and be like, deal with this while I take the rest of the board um, is a legitimate strategy. One thing we've never seen, though, Rob, is a Slaneshi Gargan. I want to see a big, sexy Gargan. Please. <laughs> Twitter, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube thugs, calm down. Yeah, right. That's all I could say right now. Calm down. I want to see chains and I want to see harnesses and all sorts of fun stuff. I'm sure that somebody out there can do that. I'll message Nathan. I'm sure he's got a picture of you right now. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So well done to Cody Saltz. Uh, Soul Black Grave Lords, uh, so taking out Crucible 9 5 0. In the 4 1 bracket, uh, Douglas Clem with a safe start on his list didn't submit a list, so I uh, wasn't able to tell you what's in there. But uh, just take a little note of that. So, Slaves to Darkness, again, that's host of the Ever Chosen. At London Open, we had uh, Legion of the First Prince with Bellacore. Um, and yeah, so those are just things to kind of note from this week uh, going into the next event. Uh, and then you had Joe Glavin with his. Um, uh, sorry, Benjamin Fultz with his daughters of Cain, Marathi and the Bow Snakes. There were some other bits, but it was Marathi and the Bow Snakes. Uh, Joe Glavin with Thunder Lizard. Um, he had Croak, Skink Chief on Stegadon. Again, Skink Chief on Stegadon, that utility two-piece with the Sky Streak bow. Mm-hmm. So amazing. So great shooting unit. Ask yourself what you would pay for a straight Sky Streak bow as like a, you know, a shooting unit sort of thing. It's similar, actually, to the Lord Judicator, I think, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stick that on top of a steg, which is pretty good in a fight. Uh, and then he's got that command ability. Um, he's a character. He's got the Amulet of Destiny. He's a monster for scoring. Such an effective unit. We've seen it in quite a few lists. Uh, unit of five, um, Saurus Guard. Two lots of ten skinks. Two, sal- uh, two salamanders. Uh, and then two Bastilladons was in that list. Uh, and then Brock Hughes with his Luminite Realm Lord, with his Lumneth Realm Lord Sire, and he had tech, tech lists. And honestly, I don't know what was in the rest of the list because it was pretty bad formatted. It was like... Like like that sentence. It was badly formatted. Um, it was not good. Uh, but uh, well done to Brock as well. Again, Lumineth just in that little bracket. 
which I thought was good. Um, but yeah, that looks like a lovely event as well. I think Crucible 9 do like pretty regular events in Washington, it seems. That's not the first time we've talked about them. I think we saw... Uh, um, uh, oh God, what are they called? The Trees. Uh, Silverneth do quite well uh, out of there recently, which I think was something of note. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And then finally, the Warhammer World AOS event. 40 players at this event. First event, I think, back at Warhammer World for Age of Sigmar players. Um, uh, so yes. 40 players, yep. Uh, and then it, we had two in the 5-0 bracket. We had Ben Johnson with Stormcast Eternals, Hammers of Sigmar. And then we had Daryl Jones with the Legion of the First Prince list. Now, uh, the list for uh, Ben Johnson is uh, a picture which is, we all know how we feel about that, uh, a picture of the list. Um, uh, and there's been a bit of a, I don't know if there's a formatting issue on his list or when I tried to recreate it in War Scroll Builder, uh, because mm-hmm. this is something uh, that came up. So it's a Lord's Lesson on Dracoth, um, who's got the Luckstone, Skilled Leader, and Etheric Swiftness. Then he had, I think Thunderwave Echelon is just a narrative pick. I don't think that that's a battalion, right? No, I think it might be a narrative pick, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not aware of, of, of anything that comes under that name, um, personally. Um, okay, so, so an, yeah, it's maybe... an old battalion, so it doesn't, so it doesn't count. And then the lightning echelon, but importantly, he's got a battle regiment and the redemption brotherhood. Um, and then it, it says it's two drops, but I tried to recreate it in war scroll builder. And if so, anyone could help me out with this, this is, this is where I struggled. So as you can see, I've re- recreated it identically in war scroll builder, Lord Celestial on Dracoth, two Dracothian guard, uh, in, uh, redemption brotherhood, two Dracothian guard concusses, um, sorry, two, so two lots of two concusses, uh, both of them in redemption brotherhood, a, uh, third, uh, Dracothian guard desolators unit. Well, another Dracothian Guard unit, but these time Desolators. uh, And that was in Redemption Brotherhood um, as well. Oh, maybe that's what I've done wrong. I think I've seen it, Owen. Don't worry. Oh, no, have I? The same? I mean, this flies in the face of of Smorgan, doesn't it? And his theory that, um, you know, there's too much spam in the game. This is definitely... um... It's throwing that out of the window. Yeah. Well, if anyone can recreate this so it becomes a two-drop, let me know. Because I, I was trying to do it so I could put the list on the website because I don't want to put a, a link to a picture because... Uh, anyway, but well, let's talk what's in the list. Um, so if anyone can recreate this list for me, I'll put it in the chat for everyone um, and recreate it. So uh, both of those regiments are one-drop, says Warrior. But, uh, okay, well, War Scroll Builder doesn't know that then. That's what the issue is. Thanks very much. Redemption Brotherhood. I couldn't find Redemption Brotherhood because it's a white dwarf. Uh, update Owen yes another one of those eh I hate it at the moment in tournaments they were like oh yeah I'm going to go for this battle tactic and they may as well just be making it up because <laughs> I don't have that pamphlet or that magazine or I'm not in I don't have access behind that paywall um, yeah Pask is saying it's in the book well I don't have the book either so <laughs> okay we well I'm glad it's in the book but... thanks Pask alright well, so it's in the it's in the book okay excellent um, right, so what's in the list? So there we go. So Redemption Brotherhood is a one drop from the list, from the book. There we go. I've solved it. I've got the book. I just didn't see it. Okay, so Redemption Brotherhood is a one drop, and the Battle Regiment is a one drop, making it a two drop. We've solved the mystery. Thank you. That's what I wanted. So lovely. So it's a two drop list um, uh, here, and it's got the Celestine on Dracoth, which is the general. And because he's got Hammers of Sigmar, um, all these Dracothian Guard are battle line, which is so helpful for uh his grand strategy which is hold the line so they're all mm-hmm. battle lines so you have to kill everything 
other than the uh, Celestial on Dracoth to uh, kill it. Uh, and then he's got two lots of concussors, uh, so two twos of concussors for a total of four, two, uh, two of desolators for a total of four, he's got two twos of formulators for a total of four, and then he's got one unit of tempesters for a unit of four as well. So he's got basically four of each Dracoth there. Uh, now the interesting thing about Dracoth is he's got a shooting attack, which is 12 inches, one per Dracoth. Um, which is uh, on a 4-up, take D3 mortal wounds. They move 10 inches, so he's got a 22-inch threat range of, um, uh, what's the number again? It's Is it 16? Uh, 16 potential D3 mortal wounds, but it's more mm. likely you're going to do 8 D3 mortal wounds in the shooting phase, which is not nothing. I think they're on a 3-up now as well. It's a 4-up, I think. Better. I thought. Used to be a 4-up. I think it might be a 3-up. I might be wrong, but either way, that's a lot of poke isn't it i mean i was talking about my mortal wound spam it's pretty similar to that in a way oh it's a four up you were right i'm wrong i'm often wrong and i'm happy with that <laughs> well I, I didn't know about the battle regiment i was trying my hardest i was like i can't what i trust war scroll builder so much but i put this into war scroll builder and it doesn't create um a two drop so that triggered me you can always all right all out attack it to a three up but yeah you're right that's a nice poke that's like, great right you know, 83 mm. like statistically it's 83 mortal wounds um every shooting phase like that's good no you can hear me in my internet mate oh uh, so, hello hello 83 mortal wounds like so you don't need to uh like it's good it's really good and then as we've talked about before those formulators like we saw uh from obeyed's list doing so much output in combat right uh yes yeah 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 in uh in matt's list yeah um yeah yeah they're pff, super scary um, I do like the only thing I have a problem with with the army is that when you put it on the table, it will look like somebody's like rattling the sort of the the food time for all the Dracoths because they're all going to be looking over to the right. Have you seen that kit? They all look in exactly the right the same direction. So it's going to be like somebody's ringing the bell for like the Dracoth uh, meal times, and they're like, mm? um, anyway, <laughs> I'm just being silly as usual, Rob. I'm sorry. No, you don't. Um, you don't. Yeah, they're strong, they're tanky. The MSU means that they're not going to really suffer too much from battle shock, I suppose. Um, they'll get about the board, they'll dominate. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah. Very so, spammy. Very, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, but it is a variety of units, right? Like, it is all Dracoths, but it is different Dracoths, ultimately. <laughs> okay. Maybe I need to read the book and understand the differences, but it's a lad in golden armor on a mini dragon <laughs> booming around yeah that's right yeah uh so uh congratulations to ben uh with yep. that list uh and then uh daryl uh with his legion of the first prince uh also uh went 5-0 as well um and i don't know if i've got the list i'm trying to find it i don't think i have uh, i think it's the I, same as kieran's i ran I out of time same. yeah so um, it's kairos demon prince scribes contorted epitome Two units of ten pinks, uh, unit of flesh hounds, and then portals. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same. To be fair. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that is, uh, yeah, you're right. Contorted epitome, the blue scribes, Kairos fate weaver, the slaves to darkness, demon prince with again uh, mark of corn. So reducing that charge distance down. Bellacore, and then two units of ten um, pink horrors and the flesh hounds. Yeah, the same list. That's excellent. Uh, so you've seen that list do really, really well time and again, right? Um, yeah. And, th yeah. and then uh, you've got Fabian Quinn 
uh, from the Dragon Slayers with his four Mega Gargants take going 4-1. Uh, Martin Morin with his Slaves to Darkness hosted the Ever Chosen. Dan Quirk with his Slaves to the Darkness hosted the Ever Chosen. And then Matthew Rose with his Legion of the First Prince list. So if you look at the amount of chaos that has done well there, and actually if we go back and look at uh, that kind of a call over the course of the weekend, both mm. uh, Slaves to Darkness and Legion of the First Prince doing really, really well, Owen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think outside of what Benjamin's been doing with his Nurgle, though, you have to save a thought for like the, the pure chaos lists. Like you would argue that oh, I suppose hosts is kind of pure because it's it's all sort of like it's it's traditional warriors of chaos in the end with Archeon at the helm. But Legion of the First Prince is a soup list. You're not really seeing. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking crap, but you know. I want to see corn doing well. I want to see like a pure corn list doing well, you know, that's not Reaper's Archeon. I want to see a pure Slanesh list. Some Slanesh lists have done okay. Do you know what I mean, though? Um, outside of Zinch, you don't really, you know, that I think Legion of the First Prince is the way to go if you want a 5-0 and o with, a, with a Chaos Army or, or Archeon in, in, in Sixth Circle. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see pure corn, pure Nurgle, um, pure Slanesh having a real having a real go but that's just an aside um yeah those legion of the first prince lists that's, and also that's, the saves to darkness lists yeah i think the legion of the first prince is more of a and i hate the term but it's more of a player's army you know with the with the archeon slaves you've got really tanky punchy varangard and you know and you've got the ability to know who's going next so you effectively just insert archeon at the right time and that tends to win you at least three games at a five game tournament Whereas I think Legion of the First Prince, it is crazy strong, but there's lots of auras, like the Ruinous Aura, the five-up ward that comes off the Demon Prince. Mm -hmm. It's only eight-inch range, you know, and the pinks are Battlestruck immune for a certain amount of time, but it's like a jigsaw that you've got to put together. Um, I, I, yeah. If, if people have the, the mixed Chaos collection and they want to just chuck in, you know, Bellicor, um it's a really cool list to play. Lots of moving parts. Yeah, well, so I've just put in the chat, actually, um, so the stats for you guys to go and look at. We've got Legion of Chaos Ascendant. They're only 1.7% of the meta, so they're not very popular at all. Uh, you know, like smaller armies like Flesh Eater Quartz, Fire Slayers, Night Haunt, Blades of Corn, Sylvaneth, Gloomspite are all played more, and they're not even played much, right? The most popular army, Sons of Behemoth, 8.2%, are played four, there's four times as many Sons of Behemoth armies as there are Legion of the Chaos Ascendant armies. However, Legion of the Chaos uh, Ascendant have a 67 uh, positive win rate potential. So that's their ability to go three plus. So uh, mm -hmm. go three, two, four, one, or five, oh, more. And actually, if we just quickly look at them on the win rate, uh, they're actually the fifth best army flat sat on a 56% win rate. Uh, so they're doing they're doing really really nicely um, uh, with with that army, and I think that's one of those kind of interesting conversations that's come up from this week is actually Legion of the First Prince, uh, especially going into the meta that we're going into now. How do we think they're going to do? Because the amount of shooting that we're going to see out of uh, long strikes, uh, the amount of shooting maybe we'll see come out of cruel boys, or maybe first turn alphas that we might see coming out of. Um, uh, 
uh, like uh, Iron Jaws. I wonder if mm-hmm. they're going to get diminished or actually if they've got the toolkits to kind of shut them down. Like you said, Bellacore's ability to shut down shooting units or command units. So either you're more crusher for the Alpha Strike or you're, you're shooting uh, Raptors. Is that going to be able to affect them? Kairos shutting down charges, uh, maybe also shutting down hit rolls. Uh, it seems fairly key as well. I do wonder uh, how that's going to play into them because like you say, it's a player's army, I think. Yeah, and like he had when I played Kieran, it was really interesting how they have a really good. You know, normally you have a, a, a you know, a ferocious advance turn one is very straightforward. Um, you know, you might put a toe on a couple of objectives, run a few, run three units, score your two points, and a bit of primary. Like they can mob the primary, and then he had a nice play where he turned his scribes into a monster, and then ran with Bellacore and Kairos, so ferocious advance for them for an extra point. And then the turn one, flat six mortal wounds with the spawn spell from Kairos. You can, so effectively, you can get an extra point for your run, pick off a, an important support hero or tag in a shooting unit with the, with the gift spell from Kairos through the portal, and then mob the primary with 20 pinks. You know, that's quite an imposing start of the game. Mm-hmm. And then they, they have great late game. If you roll, even rolling two lots of tens um, for five pinks, like five pinks is still gross. Yeah, that's you know. fantastic. Five pinks is super, super good. Hey Lex, by the way, uh, and thanks everyone for tuning in live. Yeah, it's it's a great list. It's a great list. It's got it brings in all of the key pieces. Kairos controlling so much, which is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and then Gift of Change, so like an amazing duality piece. Yeah, Bellacor for everything Bellacor brings as well, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, and then, like you say, the blue scribes and even the the epitome. Um, uh, it's just. Just very, very cool. Uh, now, the Age of Sigmar meta overview, uh, just to take everyone through the stats really quickly. Uh, Lumineth, Realm Lord, and Sons of Behemoth, currently, uh, after 27 tournament results, we've got a couple... I think we've got three outstanding. There are three tournaments that we haven't included. We haven't included Blood Tithe, um, because uh, that's a team event, and pairings kind of mix it up a little bit. We haven't included uh, Nashcon, uh, because Nashcon was um, a dualist format. Uh, and we haven't included Facehammer, uh, because Facehammer had soft comp. Uh, in the not that I think necessarily affected it enough, but just because of those things, just for clarity and so why people know. Uh, but we've got over 3,000 games in here, thanks to Ziggy Rob and the rest of the team uh, for doing this. Lumineth, Realm Lord, Sons of Behemoth sat in that 60% bracket and only 60%. That's actually quite nice. When you talk about problematic armies, um, it's quite nice that they're not 65+. plus. 60% is still way too high. Anything above 55% is like problems where we would hope for points or rules changes. So 60% is definitely bad for the health of a game, but it's not as bad as we've seen it before. So actually, I mean, depends how you feel about life. Personally, I'm not a, it's not as bad as we've seen before kind of guy. I'm like, why don't we try and do better kind of guy? Those are two kind of, uh, like, I think competing ideologies a lot of the time. Uh, Doors of Cain, Disciples of Zinch, Doors of Cain 58, uh, Disciples of Zinch 57, and Legion of Chaos Ascendant 56. Uh, and then everything's kind of in the midfield uh, until we get to the losers, unfortunately. So when we start getting to the losers bracket, Heed Knights, Iron Jaws. This is old Iron Jaws, not new Iron Jaws. Uh, Blades of Corn, Nighthorn, Cruel Boys currently on a 40% win rate. Uh, they're in there now. Um, Bone Splitters 37, Stormcast 34, Gloomspite gets 31, and Beasts of Chaos 29%. They're not doing well at all. Now, one of the really interesting things is, because uh, I know we talk about this a lot, I mean, you know when you've got really good armies or armies we see a lot, what happens mm-hmm. when we take out the mirror matches? Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we're going to take out the mirror matches now, and actually the numbers don't shift around a lot. 
It's just a 1% difference for Lumineth and Sons of Behemoth. They get a percent better. Um, so they go from 60 to 61%, but they're already in a pretty crazy bracket uh, on their own. Um, and then uh, Zinch go up a bit. Zinch do go up quite a bit. Uh, they play each other a lot, it would seem. Uh, and then that's it, really. Uh, uh, Beast of Chaos actually get worse, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, As if they could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's really interesting. The one that I love the most is um, this stat at the moment is uh, your potential uh, win rate potential. So uh, your positive win rate potential, sorry. So your ability to go 3-2, 4-1 or 5-0. And with more tournament data, we have seen some of those drop down. We have seen Lumineth, who were once at 80%, go down to 69%, which is nice. Um, and then Sons of Behemoth, though, now clearly in the lead, and I think that that will maintain its lead unless there's something kind of done about them. I'm not saying that they're the worst thing in the world, but um, unless something's done about them, the fact that you can take a Sons of Behemoth army and... Mm, three quarters of the time think I'm probably going to go 3-2 or better feels too good yeah yeah because yeah you want it, it want, you want it to be about playing skill rather than war goal strength right yeah yeah effectively yeah you do want it to be about player skill um, yeah so 3-2 or up yeah thanks everyone in the chat um, uh, this is something new that we do on the show. I think it's a really positive stat to have a conversation because actually you kind of want to say to yourself, you know, if, this is helping new people out stat. Someone's like, oh, I really want to play Nighthorn. You're like, and I want to go to tournaments. So those two things have to kind of be true. And you say, okay, well, at the minute with people who love Nighthorn or have been playing loads or whatever, these aren't necessarily new people. These are tournament pros i guess or whoever's been playing with nighthorn around the world the best they've been able to produce as a tournament result is 30 percent of the time they're able to go three to or better only 30 percent of the time whereas if you buy gargants you can double well almost triple but like definitely double your ability your likelihood to do better with that army and i think that that's a really interesting conversation gits by the way 15 percent of the time they go three to or better 15 <laughs> percent <laughs> it's wild right um just so. having a look myself now yeah because you're gonna have certain players lifting up like sylvaneth if you took math mallow's um results out of sylvaneth then that would you know, there was a guy doing really well i don't want to get his name wrong i think it was callum at the weekend with sylvaneth and he's playing on table three game five with a non uh war song revenant list it was a combat winterleaf list no branch wraith, so no summoning, and he played really well all weekend, and 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 it was his first tournament, I think. And I said to him, you know, you should be really proud of a three-two on table three with a combat list, you know, because he was like, I don't want to just play something that's got one trick. Um, like he was like, he literally called it the Math Mallow list, you know, with the War Song, which is insane. But if you go into hard counter magic, so yeah. Anyway, I was saying to him like, you should be really proud. So if you took Matt's, you know, out of the that, then you probably be on a forty percent. So. You know, you'd expect to go perhaps two, three with Sylvaneth. So you're right. Being able to see using this data to, to kind of pitch where you're at is really, really important. Um, and, and know that you're slightly overperforming or you're, you're doing really well. I think it's really good. Yeah, especially yeah, cool. when we take in that, that there's a definite like coherent. Like if you look, Sons of Behemoth uh, are the most popular army, um, which means mm -hmm. the largest, the largest, the larger pool of players 
with different skills. So you're more likely in a larger pool of players to have varying skill levels. So even with the largest variance of skill level that we're going to get in Sons of Behemoth players, they still have got the best positive win rate potential. So you've got narrative players, you've got players who just love the models, you've got painters, you've got everyone mm. in that bracket, as well as tournament players, all playing at events and still likely to go 3-2 with that army, uh, which I think is one of those really interesting things. Whereas Lumineth, not quite as popular, 6% of the meta, um, they're up there, 69%. But if the Legion of the Chaos Ascendant, again, uh, like we talked about before, I mean, only 1.7% of the meta, but 67% chance um, of going 3-2 or better, uh, which I think is really, really interesting. So yeah, mm -hmm. like it's, uh, it's, it's nice uh, to kind of like, almost kind of like... Um, uh, dissuade the conversation that like uh, Sons of Behemoth are good because good players are playing them. Uh, that feels to be fairly true for uh, Legion of the Chaos. Not that there aren't good players playing them, but it seems to be fairly true of Legion of the Chaos Ascendant and doesn't seem to be true of Sons of Behemoth as much, would be my argument, I think, coming away from that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And as this develops, we can start really looking at, at trends and maybe start focusing down on certain factions and um, yeah, more data is going to give us more interesting talking points, right? So people just got to keep putting on more and more tournaments, please. Yes, they That's do. More tournaments and more results, please. We love that. Uh, thanks to Glitwell Vagabond uh, for subscribing and everyone else for, for doing that. That's it for today. Uh, oh, well, actually, yeah. um, there was one of the guys in the chat was just saying that there was a, 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 a Danish event this weekend and, and he so. sent it. Shall I just rattle through? Yeah, it really please, because I don't know how right. I missed it and I'm sorry. Was it on Pumpon? No, it wasn't. That's the Dutch one. It was. It's on tabletop to. Oh. But um, I think seeing as Denmark are the reigning world's champions, and I think the AOS world's champions, and I think the top three is made up of members of that team. I figured we could have a look at the. Shall I send you a link? Yeah, please. That would be cool. I'm going to put it in the chat for you. How about that, Rob? Thanks, buddy. I know we're doing this. I know we're doing this live, but whatever. It's fine. You know, it's good. It works nicely. Let's go do this. So it was called, well, I've just put that in the chat. So it's the Battle Rage Baller Up. Um, oh, which 30 looks players. Like nice. Yeah, in Copenhagen. Um, and there's some names that you'll recognize there up at the top, Rob. Um, so I think he may be the captain of Denmark. Um, Kasper. That's Kasper Agdal. Kasper. Yeah. So he's got Zinch. He's got Changecaster, Kairos, Blue Scribes, Cursling, Lord of Change, two lots of Tempink Horrors, three Screamers, uh, so yeah, we see, this is a little bit different, right? Host Arcanum, but the double Lord of Change, or well, Lord of Change in Kairos, isn't something we've seen loads, right? No, I mean, I know that he he was playing Zinch Archeon for a while, and he put that down, and I think he's been playing this kind of, I want to say it's a, more of a control deck, but maybe it's just an insane sort of 18-inch range Mortal Wound bomb Um you know, there's a lot of mortal wounds that can come out of that range, isn't there? Mm. Along with Portal um, and, and Kairos. Um, you, you'd you know probably more about what this does than me, but it, it looks... It's not a huge army, and it's not doing the summoning thing, because that tends to be in host duplicitous, doesn't it? Well, like so yeah, there. he's got... But I, I, you kind of get over that with the blue scribes, right? Because the blue... So you would take host duplicitous for the re-rolls, and the blue scribes are going to give everyone there a re, the re-rolls anyway. Yes. Um, so yeah. that's where you get that from. He's still going to get a lot of casts, right? Two from the Lord of Change, 
Um, Kersling's got maybe two. He unbind, cast two unbind three, Kersling. Uh, Kersling's also super fun to have in. Um, Fate Weaver and then the Change Caster's got one, but it could become the Wind Caster and just keep casting if you roll well. Um, and then you've got the Horrors. Then he's got the Purple Sun of Sheesh, which is in there, which is super fun. But most importantly, he's got two monsters with a third being able to, so he can do Metamorphosis. So he's got Ferocious Advance for three, Monstrous Takeover just in the back pocket. Then he can start doing battle tactics with his characters, uh, specifically the Lord of Change and Kairos. Um, so he can, through the port, we could do Gift of Change, for instance. So um, that's flat six mortal wounds. So destroying a battle line unit or um, uh, killing um, uh, the general or even bring it down. So you could do a lot of like pinging for mortal wounds before he decides to take the final one off with the monster. So it's kind of like what you see maybe uh, the Gargants or maybe the Soblight Gravelords list, you know, with the Vrycross with the... Uh, with the Venger Lord and the Gash, where they're just constantly scoring additional points for battle tactics, mm -hmm. but this is just doing it at range, so not getting it, not not mixing it up. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I looked on Azir. I was like, "What are all the shooting monsters?" Because I figured shooting monsters that get battle tactics um, are really strong, like your Bastilladons. Um, but it's the same conversation I think about as my Nagash list in a way, in that. I always get battle tactics like broken ranks with a couple of bolts at range. And then this, you're right, would play in a similar way. It's just brain lasering things off, right? And, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, the curse thing is a nice little bit. Everyone in the chat loves this. So let's talk about it. Uh, Disruptor the Arcane is an ability the curse has. You can, 185 points, by the way, for the curse can cast two, mm. unbind two. You can reroll unbinding and dispelling rolls for this model, which is pretty strong. Um, so you've got the ability to get rid of those uh, endless spells. And you've got. Um, uh, if this model successfully unbinds a spell that is possible for it to cast, it can immediately attempt to cast that spell, even though it is the enemy hero phase. If that spell is successfully cast, it cannot be unbound. So what's really exciting about that is um, if you go into the techless mirror, um, mm. now it's not really good against protection of Sheesh, for instance, although the ability to unbind is pretty cool, but uh, doing um, oh, double, the, double the CP cost. I can't remember what that's called at the moment. Um, oh, yeah, Total Eclipse. Total Eclipse. Super fun. Yeah, Total Eclipse in someone else is very cool uh and... searing white light yes <laughs> oh searing white light back yeah <laughs> and then you can't abide it right the cursling is really fun it's very expensive um and then uh yeah so he's just uh it's very cool it's very cool the cursling and some nice tech in there as well and i think that this this feels like a more zinc fun zinc list to play against i would argue uh but it probably wouldn't seem it uh, as you're playing it, you'd be like, cool, Kairos is still doing stuff, this sucks. Uh... <laughs> and then, so he was the only 5-0, and oh, and then we had four four ones. it looks like. So we had um, Svend, who we saw on the stream with all of his sharks um, a while back on TTS, playing Dracothian's Tail, so Croak, Astro, a Priest. Oh, he's got the Croak and the Slan in Dracothian's Tail, um interestingly he's got two bricks of 30 skinks and three individual sallies in a double battle regiment whereas you'd normally see like what luke ran at blood tithe with like four or six salamanders he's gone less sallies but two big blocks of skinks um well yeah, it's nice it's nice for the primary right like so what you really were doing when you take like you say i think and i think luke had seven at blood tithe um it was yeah. it was three twos and a one um, yeah, what he's really doing with those units is he's just trying to like just absolutely delete your opponent 
um, and just get them off. And like, and you you don't do the primary overly well with that version of Draco's Tail. This version of Draco's Tail just is a little bit stronger on the primary. Also, quite works. The Salamanders work so well into like elite units, um, uh, especially with the rend and the mortal wounds. But sometimes you just want to fucking throw sixty shots at some jerk and just make them fail. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's that. Also, you could. You could tag, you could pin somebody in, right? You could just drop 30 skinks in a big ring around them. Do skinks have a unit leader, like an yeah. alpha or something? Yeah, yeah. So they can inspiring presence themselves. So you could just just pin in your whole your opponent, like dominate the board or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or just, yeah, you're right. Just drop down 30 blocks and go blowpipe. The strongest lungs in the mortal realms would come into range then, wouldn't they? Like, it would. I mean, he isn't, he isn't fucking about. He's still got croak in there. Um, yeah. Like, which I think is interesting. And those salad, that those three one sallies are just so powerful. Thanks of Age of Our Souls and Colliery for resubscribing, by the way. Uh, so that uh, is in the four one bracket. Well done to Sven. Um, it's nice seeing. Well, like the Seraphon lists, like they're, they're still very varied, right? Like you're seeing Draco tail lists quite a lot with salamanders, mm-hmm. but we're still seeing um, a bunch of uh, thunder thunder lizard lists as well. Like you normally see in those two, so yeah, variation is two, but still a bit. Mm-hmm. And like inside those lists is a bit of a change up as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you see Darren Styles running this kind of list a bit um, in the UK because you get a hell of a lot of summoning from Croak and the Slam uh, together. I think I don't know if you roll a dice for that Astro as well, maybe, but yeah, that will have a lot of. Um, conjuration points it's been pointed out to me that Sven is actually the captain of the danish team um so um yes props to Sven. um and i think another member of the team came in third with um an alumnia um so this is runa holser with an alumnia he went 4-1 uh so lumineth realm lords techless a lord regent 30 wardens 10 wardens 30 sentinels wow nice so just bricks, big bricks. That's interesting. I quite like the 30 wardens because, like, sometimes you think, ah, oh, maybe I can fight 10, 10 wardens, maybe even I can fight 20, but then you're like, mm. I'm not fighting 30 wardens. Never in a thousand years. Yeah. Like, I'm not fighting them. Um, so, congratulations to Rune there. Uh, excellent um, work. And then there were two more. Uh, yeah, you've got Niels, Niels Lacour uh, with his Host Arcanum Zinch list, Archeon, Kairos, The Horrors. It's the Zinch Archeon list. Congratulations to Niels on the 4-1. And then in the 4-1 bracket as well, Adam Nyborg with his Sons of Behemoth list. Four big boys. Uh, a Kraken Eater, a second Kraken Eater, a Gatebreaker, and a War Stomper, all in the double bosses of the Stomp. We, I think generally now, double bosses of the Stomp is the one. Um, I hear yeah. some Gargant players say there's the one for holding objectives. There's the one for fighting other Gargants. Mm-hmm. I just let them talk to each other, basically. Uh, yeah. whatever they want to do. But shout out to Adam as well. Congratulations to him. Um, so there were five two-day events this weekend. I bet we've missed another one as well somewhere. Oh, surely. Yeah, yeah, you know it. I mean, we can't do everything. We can't find all the Warhammer tournaments in the whole world in like three hours on a Monday morning. Unless people now. message us to help us out. So if you do message us, that would be uh, great. And if, you are, if, you, if you're a local rep to a local region, uh, drop us a message uh, and we'll put you into our like smaller group. Um, of people who do keep us updated and informed. For instance, we've got a two-day of French event next week, uh, which is really exciting. Um, uh, there's there's uh, War in the Heartlands, which is 100 players here in the UK. I'm sure there are more coming up, right? Yeah, I think we touched on them last week. We've got the General's War in Poland, which is over 100 players. I'm in Warsaw. 
and then two events in Canada on opposite sides of Canada, one in Vancouver Island, the Kippers Melee, and then one in Toronto with all the Season of War guys, the Red Harvest GT. So, um, And there's a TTS Teams event that's just started with 80 players. Ah, well done. I bet that's yours, isn't it, Pask? That's why you mentioned it. Legend. Still putting on all these events. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, also, Rob, I'm really sorry. We should just make note of john mckinley put on a brilliant that brilliant event in um in australia the tts one yep. um which just came to an end um and yeah gcon um and yeah i did get sent some more detailed information but the headline was yes thank you Pascal. Yeah, the headline was that um sam morgan won in a final i think he played off against matt matt terrell with some nighthorn yeah second with nighthorn there we go um and that was, um, yeah, that was Dracothian's Tale Salamanders. Oh, um, baby. Oh, baby. What? what? Yes. <laughs> it's all strength all day. Yeah, how much rage yeah. could I put out of some? Thanks to Ill Pispy uh, for subscribing, by the way. Big love to you. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, that was that looked like it was a really fun event as well. Because our, our mates over in Australia and some of the other countries still are in lockdown um, and can't get out to play in real world events. Uh, so love to those guys yeah yeah big love to us i think they're almost out of lockdown so in certainly in some areas so um i do hope they get to play some some games in real life soon because i love tts but real warhams with models is um not real warhammer with models is the most fun way because we like models yeah of course um, of course that's why we don't play yeah. computer games all the time right yeah yeah exactly um yeah we like to paint our little men and give them names and our little women and little monsters and push them around and get angry with them and shout at dice. Love getting angry at my little yeah. models. They're the best. They're the best. Also, love our boys now. They're the best ever. That's all I'm going to say. Mate, I love my little skeletons. Every time they stand back up again and my opponent has a little sad face, whilst I don't like being the bad guy, it feels fucking great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, my fellows are back. Yay. Oh, I just killed them. I'm so sad about that. It's excellent. It's like that face. It's like uh, the Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones, that game, that TV show everyone has collectively wiped from their brain uh, when uh, the all the, the the guy raises all the skeletons up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Jon Snow's I mean... face is like, oh, fucking Christ. Um... <laughs> You're you you're so close to the truth you don't even know it, Rob. I'm there like that. <laughs> Raise. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, I think have we come to the end of another rambly? We've come to the end of the stat show, and it's been nothing but a delight. Thanks, Owen. If we get some uh, love for Owen in the chat, please. Uh, thanks, everyone. I've got a couple of a shout out. If that's go okay, for Rob. it, brother. You go for it. I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to ramble on. So I just wanted to shout out my opponents from the weekend. So Scott, Will, Kieran, um, Matthew and Benjamin, thank you very much for some great games. I'll shout out Cabbage and I'll shout out you, Rob. How, f- hey, man, how does it feel to be 25? You're almost a real man now. Full grown up now. I'm really excited. Can't wait to start. Um, yeah. Whatever it is, people my age do. Um, Eat Werther's Originals. Uh, just uh, whatever it is. Do you know what I'll shout out? I'm going to first shout out the Stats crew. Love you all. Um, uh, congratulations to all the Stats team. And then follow up. 
Uh, I'd like to shout out anyone who wants something to watch this week. Obviously, Honest Wargamer, because we're fucking great. But following on from the Honest Wargamer, you should watch the TV show Foundation. I watched it the like... I watched it over the weekend for my birthday. So, so I ran an event on my birthday here at the arena, which is cool. Um, and I got to play some Warhams. Loved that. Sunday, I just fucking put my phone down. I was like, I'm just going to fucking watch TV. And mm-hmm. holy shit, is it good. That's my shout out for today. That's my shout out. Do that. Um, so you'll, you'll have a lovely time. It's, I don't know. It's, and I've not read the I book, so I don't know. Is, that, is it Apple TV? Is that right? Is it Apple TV? Or yeah. Or yeah, or whatever it is. Um, it's worth it though, right? I, I, I don't know. The first episode's free, I think. So like, like do that or like fucking get aboard the pirate ship. Uh, any of those things? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean by that sentence, but whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, Foundation's been great so far. Yeah, it's been really, really good. You can see that the the uh, Apple as a company have got ninety billion pounds in offshore. Uh, accounts just waiting to come they're like oh, what should we spend this money on not taxes um so uh, that's why that conversation's fine is all i'm gonna say anyway stat center it's been great don't forget to join us again tonight for the age of sigmar monday show and actually just an update for everyone in the chat uh, if you are watching live or you're watching youtube and you want to have this conversation i'm actually gonna be live for longer this week i'm gonna try a, a slightly new format out uh, for the week so i'm gonna try and stream for most of monday through to friday um, starting early-ish, maybe 9 or 10, um, so maybe like 10 onwards, and we're just going to hang out, we're just going to build lists. We're going to build lists, we're going to talk about Warhammer, we're going to have some fun. We did it a bit last week, and so we're going to be doing it this week, and we'll see what you guys think of it. So if you guys want to join me for that, it's going to be really fun. Um, uh, thanks very much, and thanks, Owen, to you. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. See you guys soon. Thanks for being honest, Wargamers. Have a nice day. 